You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Warrior Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, I'm also here with Jared Davis. It's time to talk about the Rebel Black Bear Landshark, whatchamacallit, team over there in (laughs) somewhere in Mississippi that I don't really care about. Uh, They just throw big parties, but hey, this year they can't throw big parties for tailgate, so ha! The Grove is really green grass right now. (laughs) (laughs) You can't hang out on it. Yeah. Um, I I'm I think I'm slightly just maybe slightly pessimistic about this game coming into this, but at the same time I think like we we talked about in our last episode, there's pieces of the puzzle that I think make me slightly optimistic about this game. Um, I think the offensive line is going to play a big role in this and getting our offense going. And then one thing about Ole Miss, and you probably saw the headline <laughs> this last week, um, their quarterback threw six interceptions last week against Arkansas. That doesn't and, seem good. <laughs> I mean, we we bashed a little bit about Bo just throwing three and those turning into touchdowns, but six, that's that's pretty bad. Um, yeah. And you got to think the defense at this point is licking their chops, hoping – that the same uh, corral comes out and th- they're able to just feast on him, get interceptions, get pick sixes. Um, what do you think about this this Ole Miss team, and how are you feeling it going into this week? I don't know anything in 2020 anymore because I, you know, <laughs> after the Alabama game, I, I had already marked the Ole Miss as a loss. I'm like, they're gonna they're gonna beat us based on the way we came out of the Arkansas game. And we didn't, you know, we lost to uh, South Carolina, but, you know, looking at what they did, six interceptions and they have seven points. They may have had more than that, but it wasn't a lot. I now think we probably win this game. Um, So it's week to week. I have no idea what to, what to think anymore, but yeah, six interceptions is not good. I mean, that's, that's a problem. That's not an accident. Um, And so with the emergence of wooden on our defensive line and with, if big cat's still healthy, if we can get any kind of pressure on him, it seems like he might be prone to just throw it to you know anybody on the field. No, that's that's the point that I I think I'm starting to see this. There's plenty of opportunities here for our defense to capitalize. I mean, the defense in the last game was one of the high points. It wasn't fantastic, but it did mostly good enough, except in those uh, short field situations. And I think that that's where I really want to see our our defense cause some turnovers and if we can cause some turnovers um get some interceptions cause fumbles that's where i think I've, i'm gonna feel really good about this Ole Miss game because Ole Miss's defense first off is not very good but they can be let's put it that way um they're getting better uh, i'll give them that but they are 
something that I, I think our offense, especially our run game, can definitely capitalize off of. Give Tank a little bit of wiggle room there, he could go. He could go for some big yards um, in this game. Um, I, I'm just trying to figure out what are we going to see out of Auburn? And, I, and you're probably thinking the same thing. What are we going to see? <laughs> Are we gonna don't see? Make, don't make me answer that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really hope we see a, a team that is a little bit more cohesive on offense, especially in that red zone. Um, and that's, I think that's going to be a key for victory for me. Is we score when we get in the red zone, not just field goals, but score touchdowns. If we do that, I'm going to give us a really good shot at winning in Oxford, Mississippi. Um, do you have anything that you're going to be looking for this game to, to see kind of as a measuring stick of how this team's doing? Yeah, I think it's finishing drives. I think that we can go in there. I really think we could probably go in there and just run the ball. Um, I would like to see us, you know, run it at least 40, 40 plus times. And I'm not talking about with tank that would destroy tank, but <laughs> we have, a, especially if worms back, we have enough rotation there. I'd like to see us go in there, run it 40 times, Use Bo as more of a game manager. I know that's a term that gets thrown around, but essentially don't put the game on Bo's shoulders. Um, he struggles a little bit on the road. So let's take that off of his shoulders if mm-hmm. we can. We couldn't last year. Like, we didn't have a run game last year, really. So this year, we appear to have one. Until that's proven otherwise, let's run with it. No pun intended there. Let's go with what we got. Let's not make Bo win the game. Let Bo be a nice addition to the run game. And going to Oxford, I think we can get out with a victory if we go in with that formula. Yeah, and and I'm just thinking about the uh, even the receivers around him get get them the ball, let them do their thing, um, and maybe in a key situation where you need Bo to do a design run, make it happen. Let him roll out every once in a while. And I, I, you made a good point. Kind of bring the focus in, and especially in a way game situation, on just be more of a game manager and when the moment presents itself maybe kind of flip the switch and become a playmaker but be very smart about that and i think that's something that they he needs to find that that balance of where where do i turn that on the playmaker side of of him there's and, not a team sorry there's not a team on our schedule other than alabama that we probably can't beat if we run the ball well and let bo kind of just pick his spots uh, you're not going to beat Alabama with a game manager. Georgia is a better team with a game manager, and they got destroyed. So uh, Bo's going to have to be supernatural in that game. But we can go to Oxford and win this ball game by playing good D, run the ball well, don't make turnovers. Um, and there's probably not too many teams on our schedule left that we can't win those ball games. They may not be pretty, but at this point, just give me a W. Yeah, I mean, if if we've learned anything from this 2020 season, a win is a win. It doesn't matter how you get it. I mean, as long as you keep moving forward and get some W's, that's that's positive moving forward. And learn from the mistakes, put it behind you, and move forward. Um, and, and that's something that I, I think definitely our offensive line has definitely learned. You, you look at the progress from game one to where we're at now after four games, they've made improvements. I think we're finding the, the kind of strength in Tank Bigsby – and I think we're trying to figure out what we're doing as far as uh, trying to pass the ball around. Um, and I, I'm kind of like you. I, I want to see us really take a a more of a run approach against Ole Miss and see how that works. 
put a little bit more load maybe on DJ Williams. Give him more than uh, maybe like 10 carries. See what yeah, he does. He had, four, he had four in the South Carolina game. I, DJ should probably get 10 to 15, and the meat tank should get 15 to 20. And, you know, you work in some other things in, in there uh, in between. If Worm's healthy, you know, he's your other. There you go. That's how you get to 40. So. Mm-hmm. And then you factor in Bo running a, a few times. Yeah. I mean, use Bo. I mean, as long as it's not going to put his health in uh, in an issue, go for it. Um, so that's kind of my, my keys to there. Um, another key that I'm, I'm thinking about is Elijah Moore. You're probably going to hear a lot about this guy. He's an incredible wide receiver for uh, Ole Miss. And uh, he's one of those that's setting records in Ole Miss. Um I mean, he, he's had double-digit catches for the fourth time in four games um, and 100 yards plus receiving in three of those games. That's that's something that I'm sure that we're going to just focus in on. It's similar to how we did it with uh, Pickens back in Georgia or against the Georgia game. You focus in on that, that guy, try to shut him down, and make them focus their attention to another receiver. Um and I, I think we're going to have to focus in on that to be successful. If we, we allow Elijah Moore to uh, have over 100 yards on us, it's going to be a long game. Um, and uh, it's going to be a tight, even they, more tight game. Where do they keep growing these receivers at in Ole Miss? I feel like they have one every year. Sometimes they have two. <laughs> they got A.J. Brown that's now playing for the Titans. They got D.J. Metcalf who might be the best receiver in the league. I mean, I feel like for the last five, six years, they've had just stud receivers. Um I don't know where they're getting them, but kudos to them. Yeah, you're very right about that. I mean, it seems like every year or two, it's something they just keep pulling them out. Um, and and the the crazy thing is they've been under so many different kinds of offensive coordinators. Um, yeah. And that's something kind of interesting. Like you're seeing a consistency of great uh, wide receivers, but under different coaches. And that's something that I feel like isn't usually a consistency. Um, so I don't know. It'll be kind of interesting to watch how Elijah Moore does and how, uh, Kevin still schemes up certain things to maybe put some double teams on them. So it takes them out of the equation, um, but still not give up huge plays to their other receivers. Um, I, I, again, I'm going to key off on if we can get, uh, keep our eyes down the field or keep our eyes on the quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I think will really help just stop the the kind of potential gashing that a Lane Kiffin type offense could potentially do to you. Yeah. Um, one of the key things, and I, I was uh, reading about this, and I wanted to share this. I want to see how Auburn approaches this. Uh, the one one of the ways that Arkansas stopped Corral was they kind of uh, played. They did two things. They they kept their eyes on corral kind of watch where his eyes were going his eyes pretty much led to where the ball was going so first thing second thing was the the zone they pretty much ran zone 20 like pretty much for the full 60 minutes that they were on the field and that's something that i want to see if auburn can do um to be successful against Ole Miss and stopping them um, if they're able to do that I, I think that'll be really awesome because not only will that I'm I'm thinking work against Ole Miss, but it seems to work when you put a zone coverage on Mississippi State. Um, yeah. And if you can kind of practice that and get it successful, 
you're going to be able to be able to dominate the Mississippi schools um, this year. Good point. I agree with you on that. Um, one other thing, just keep an eye on uh, is their leading running back, uh, Darian uh, Ely. Probably just butchered his name, and uh, he's got 355 yards. Uh, he's averaging over five yards per carry and five touchdowns. Um, so not only do they have a potent wide receiver, but their running back has been very productive on the ground. So we gotta, you can't just give up and say, we're only going to put four, maybe five guys in the box. You got to keep some in there to slow down the run game. Um, and I think that's got to be that balance that we find, um, in this game. Yeah, it's going to be, um, I mean, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, you watched them play Alabama, and obviously it didn't work out last week against Arkansas. Alabama's not the same defense that they have, or usually are, but, um, I mean, they <clears throat> they put up a ton of yards against them. So, But it was a lot of – it wasn't a it – was, it was mostly like Corral would kind of like buy time and just make something happen. So, um, you know, pressure is going to be key. If you can get pressure on him, I think he obviously is prone to just throw it up. And you don't give him that time to kind of you don't give the Elijah Wood, Elijah Moore time to run around and get open and all that. So, as typical, it starts up front. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. If you can stop the run game, force them to pass it, and I, I mean that that's going to be my keys. If we can stop the run, I I think we have a really good success rate um, against Ole Miss. Um, let's go into our players to watch for Auburn this game. We'll do offense, defense, and special teams. Um, for offense, I'm going to go with Seth Williams. I, I want to see how he rebounds after this game and how he and Bo, um, how their connection is. Because it's been a, a, at times, very magical kind of connection where they just know where each other were at. They had back shoulder beautiful throws where if you're not on the same page in those, they can just turn into incompletions or maybe even interception. So they're just things that I want to see Seth Williams do and not get as frustrated um, and find that connection back with Bo. Um, who are you going to be watching on offense? I'm going to be watching uh, Capers, man. I think uh, I talked about it in the last podcast. He, he's a tall target. And I think on these, you know, you know, third and four where you need to keep a drive alive and they're probably doubling up on Seth. Um, you know, you got your shorts, you got stove, but to have that fourth option, that's a big target. Um, I think he could be he could be instrumental in keeping a couple of drives going, which you know leads to touchdowns. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on him. No, that's a that's a good one. You know that they're going to put their second best guy probably on either Stove or Schwartz. So depending on that, you may get Capers with like the third or fourth best defensive back on him, and that could be a good matchup there for Capers to be successful. Yeah. Uh, for defense, I th- I'm going to be watching McCreary and, and just because I, I think that, well, not just McCreary, I guess, but probably more or less the defense as a whole, uh, or not defense as a whole, the defensive backs as a whole, sorry. Um, and because if Corral is trying to just air it out, I want to see our DBs flying to the ball and just playing the best they possibly can, um, you got to keep your eyes on the corral. If you do that, I mean, that was a success for um, Arkansas. I think we can easily slow down guys like Elijah Moore. And if you can slow down Elijah Moore, your success rate of winning a game go up a lot. Um, so I'm going to be watching McCreary. 
specifically because I have a feeling he's probably going to be guarding Elijah Moore. But the secondary is kind of where I'm going to be keeping my eyes. Uh, who are you going to be watching the uh, for defense? I've, Wooden's my man. I'm going to keep an eye on uh, Wooden up front and see what he's able to do. If he can put pressure on Corral, I think that's – again, I've only watched one game. But if you throw six interceptions, that means under pre- you're just slinging it around. So I think if Wooden can put any kind of pressure on him – and I think Wooden's – he might be the next star. I mean, he's only a redshirt freshman, and he's had two back-to-back good games. So uh, keeping an eye on him, that'll help also stop the run. We're having a little issue f- – uh, fitting the run gaps with our linebackers, so we need the defensive line to help with that a little bit. So, um, I think the D line is going to be instrumental, and I think Wooden is going to be the most of the D line. So that that's who I'm keeping an eye on. No, it's a good one. I mean, he had with his numbers that he had in the last game against South Carolina. I mean, they just they stand out to you. You're you're thinking he gets in the backfield, he breaks up, or he he hurries the quarterback. I mean, that those are good stats to have. Um, and keys to potentially stop the, the Ole Miss offense. Uh, for special teams, uh, I'm going to be watching uh, Christian Tut. Uh, I'm just going to be watching him because there, there are times last game where he let uh, shorter punts potentially just roll and get past him and go within the 10-yard line. And I, I want to see him potentially pick up some of those. As long as it's, it doesn't hurt you, there's not really a huge risk to it. Um, or I don't know, fair catch something uh, that uh, I don't know. It, it just seems like he he's trying to like find that balance of when do I catch it and when do I let it go, and that I know that comes with time. But it seemed like last week it, it sometimes put us in a very hard situation where we have to drive ninety five yards down the field, uh, and that's just a that's a hard thing to do for any team. Uh, Jared, who are you going to be watching on special teams? I'm going to agree with you, my man. I'm going to stick with Tut, too, for the exact same reason. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Carlson, I mean, what do you watch with him? You, I actually hope we don't watch him except kick extra points because I want to be getting touchdowns. And punting is not hurting us. It's about average. So, yeah, I think the thing we absolutely need to improve on is Tut. I mean, last year he was a weapon. Not only mm-hmm. did he catch them, but, I mean, he, he had some pretty good kick returns, punt returns. So, I don't know I don't know what's changed. But, yeah, I think uh, – I think uh, he, he needs to definitely step it up a little bit and, uh, like you said, just stop the bleeding, stop the ball from rolling. And then if he can also then turn that into positive yardage, that's even a plus. But let's just stop the bleeding, essentially. No, I agree. I mean, it, and that's one of those things where it can uh, – if he catches it at to the 15-yard line or something and doesn't let it roll to the 2-yard line, um, that that changes your game plan a little bit. And uh, you're not backed up against your own end zone um, trying to just work out and just get out of the end zone, essentially. 100%. Yes, sir. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. 
who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn. Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Let's go into our score predictions for this game. Um, I was looking at ESPN, and I was kind of shocked by this, um, just based on uh, the numbers that they've run on trying to predict who wins. They're still predicting Auburn to win 75% of the time, which I was thinking, we're going to Oxford first off. But maybe they're just looking at the talent level. I don't know. Like they're they're just thinking. I would have thought it would have been closer to like the sixty forty kind of range. Um, but hey, I'll take it if uh, the the numbers ESPN are using are are predicting Auburn be uh, to win the game. Um, preseason, I had predicted Auburn win by ten. Jared predicted. Uh, you predicted it was going to be uh, win by fourteen. How are you feeling at this moment? Now that we've seen four games, um, we're starting to see some semblance of things coming together, but there's still plenty to to improve on. Um, where are you kind of feeling? Is 14-point win, is that where you're feeling, or are you going to change it a little bit? Well, yeah, so you mentioned the uh, ESPN tracker. I mean, for those of y'all that don't know, they came out with one, you know, last Sunday, and it it had Auburn like 70-plus percent on almost every game but Alabama, and that obviously they had 17% on that one, um, which is probably being generous. So, <laughs> I, I don't – again, it sh- just goes to show you the talent that we have. So, yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I want to stick with my 14. I can't right now. I mean, I, I – we have the potential to win by more than that, but I'm probably going to drop mine down to seven, to be honest with you, right now, AJ. Until until proven otherwise, um, this you know get out of there with a seven point win, and I'll be perfectly satisfied. How, uh, I think you said you said ten. You sticking with that? Uh, I think I think ten is a good spot. Um, I'm just looking at the yards allowed um, that Ole Miss has allowed. They're get this, <laughs> they're allowing the one of the highest, almost 600 yards on defense. Ooh boy. And almost, they're right at 47 points allowed. And I'm thinking Auburn can, if we if their defense is truly that bad, I'm thinking we can probably maybe get 30, 40 points on the scoreboard by the end of this game. It could be more than 10, but I think I'm going to stick with 10 um, for this. Um, just based on, I, I, I still have a lot of questions of, how do we get the offense all on the same page for more than a, a, a drive or two? Yeah. I mean, I want to pick, I want to say pick a blowout to be honest with you based on their defense, but until we prove it, uh, you know, I'm just on the road. Nick's is a different quarterback on the road. I mean, it's pretty eye opening um, the, the difference. So again, that's why I think you go in there and build it around the run game, but mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to do that. Um, so we'll see. But um, if we, I mean, I'll be happy with a one-point win. Let's listen. This this is a weird year. Let's get the W. Um, but definitely happy with a seven-point and ten's even better. So um, if either one of us are true, I'll be happy. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jared. Let's finish out this uh, podcast with a look around the SEC. I'm going to call it. Uh, this is one of my favorite sections because it's an Auburn fan perspective on the SEC, seeing what's happening in the SEC. 
And uh, just like the Auburn game this last week, there were some interesting uh, games that happened and unexpected uh, turns that I feel like were not expected by anyone. Um, One of them was the Kentucky versus number 18 Tennessee in Knoxville. Kentucky just demolished Tennessee 34 to seven. And I don't even know, man, that is just miserable. If I was a Kentucky fan or if I was a Tennessee fan right now and I was playing at home that poorly, I, man, (laughs) I didn't see that one coming. I, you know, I thought, uh, again, if we could have beaten South Carolina, we could have kind of poked our chests out because both Arkansas and Kentucky had good days. So, you know, those wins would have looked a lot better. But, of course, I didn't even get to celebrate that because we didn't win our game. So I was surprised. Saw that. I just saw that come go across the ticker while I was watching ours. And, um, yeah, very surprising there. I thought Tennessee was um, – I, I don't want to use the word back because you got to beat some quality teams to be back. But I thought they were definitely on the verge and um, that that took them a step back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remembered seeing a screenshot that went around uh, social media of, I think it was like five or six straight possessions, either had a fumble, resulted in a fumble, an interception, or a pick six. Hmm. I that's just super Tough sloppy. Like, yeah. yeah, and I think let's get this. Uh, yeah, it was Tennessee. They had three straight interceptions on three straight drives. Two of those were pick sixes. I mean, when that you have, sound good. there's sounds problematic. AJ. Man. <laughs> ah, man. I mean, we, we looked at Bo obviously as struggling a little bit, but dang, uh, I, what is it? Garantamo? Uh, I heard they're like done Tennessee. with him. Yeah. I heard they're done. I think they're going to bring in, I don't know if it's a red shirt or a true freshman, but, uh, Garantano's time at Tennessee may be over. Man, I mean that's that's rough for him. I mean I know he's put a lot of time in there, um, but man, yeah, it may be time for them to to look elsewhere to see if they can get their offense going because it it sounded very miserable. Yeah, well they got Alabama coming up this week, I think. So uh, that's probably not the best time to be changing quarterbacks. But what are you going to do? Yeah, right. Um, another one that happened was, uh, Arkansas beating Ole Miss, uh, 33 to 21, uh, an eight, uh, sorry, a 12 point win for them. Uh, and this was another very interesting kind of game just because Ole Miss had six interceptions and had a fumble on top of that. So technically seven turnovers the whole game. And I don't know any teams that can do that. I, I, I think I saw a stat that said, no teams in the since the turn of the turn of the century have won when they've had six interceptions in a game. I mean, yeah, that'd be yes, that would be very difficult to win a ball game throwing six interceptions. I don't very, want to find out. No, um, I I don't want to be gonna, the team that has to find that out. I'm going to take their word for it, and let's let's not test that theory. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, another game that I I think was probably the premier game of uh pretty much all college football was the Alabama versus Georgia game. Um, Alabama edged its way at the um, really the third and fourth quarter, just kind of imposed their will on Georgia. Uh, And I mean, it just reminds me that yes, we did lose to Georgia. So I don't want to brag too much, but Georgia always, as we refer to it as they just Georgia, they do what Georgia does. They get the nine to 10 win season and they're just, right there but they can never do it 
And I think this was a great example of as good of talent as George is getting and the number one talent uh, that they have, they still can't beat Bama. And you know what? Uh, I think I'm okay with that. Um, I, I was looking at Georgia's schedule and I'm glad Alabama won. I, I, I know everybody probably picked a side on that one, what they wanted, but I was picking Alabama to win that one because I knew Georgia was probably not going to lose another game. I guess Florida may be their only other loss if they have one. And that's probably a, eh, they have a good shot, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird – so in football nowadays, it happened last year in the SEC championship game. Georgia hung around for a while, but essentially when you can go deep, um, spread the defense out, uh, that, that I mean, that's what's separating, you know, good from great teams nowadays. You know, I mean, Alabama, it, it was a pretty tight, close game, and then Alabama hit a few deep passes that went for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're not going to really probably drive consistently on a team like Georgia, okay? So that's why Auburn struggled. Like, uh, you know, we, you know, when Gus came on, Gus, you know, you remember Sammy Coates and those guys. I mean, we would go deep. Uh, yeah. Slayton, we'd go deep. The last two years, we struggled with that mightily. Well, Alabama's not struggling. LSU didn't struggle last year. And you're not going to drive down the field against Georgia consistently. So you got to go deep. They went over the top, took the top off, and scored a couple of touchdowns. Game over. So, um, you know, it's a different type of ball game right now and you got to have elite wide receivers and a guy that can hit them in stride and Alabama does and um I felt like Georgia was probably the better overall team and they may still be uh, but they don't have that missing aspect of uh you know taking the top off the defense and that's what you need to put up crazy points yeah and I know some of that that they did have some looks but Stetson Bennett just didn't hit the guy um kind of reminds me i've heard this comparison it reminds me of auburn uh going back to um like sean white Mm -hmm. where he he was you know pretty good at game managing could Mm -hmm. make a few plays when he needed them to but just couldn't make those big plays that you needed um to win the game and i feel like stetson's kind of fitting in that mold of good but hasn't uh it just doesn't seem to make those really big plays when needed. I, I don't. I didn't know it until that game, but um, they're not going to beat Clemson or Alabama with Stetson Bennett. Nothing against Stetson Bennett. I think he's a great story, and I think he's a really good quarterback. Um, but I, I don't. I don't know what you do, um, and I don't really care because it's Georgia. But yeah, I think um, you know at the end of the day, you gotta have you gotta have that quarterback that can hit these guys in stride for big big chunk yards. Um, that's how you win championships now. That's how it is right now. That's how you win them. You watch Clemson, and they're throwing it deep too. Um, yeah. If you got to drive the whole length of the field to score, you're not going to do that and get 40 points. Yeah, and, and in this modern era where you're not going to hold a team to 10 points in a game, more than likely, uh, then you, you got to have a good offense. you got to have something that's potent and explosive. You do. To win uh, a championship, you do, yeah. Yeah, if you want to go far, you want to win an SEC championship or a national championship, you got to have something that's that that's very special. Um yep. and that that's where I think we as Auburn fans should potentially be looking to see how do we get that longer those longer passes because I, 
I think you, you got a good point. If we can get those longer passes, I mean, we've been close at times with Schwartz, for example, but it's not consistent like it used to be with like Sammy Coates where you could just throw it up 40 yards down the field. Coates would go uh, beat his guy and get to the ball. Um, and and well, that's something I want to see. Yeah, I mean, you look at the blowout game with Georgia. I mean, Slayton, we hit him deep. I think we hit somebody else deep, too, and those were touchdowns. And, I mean, those are like – all right, those are quick hitters. I mean, that's 40 yards out. You don't have – that's – you just eliminated like 10 extra plays you have to mm-hmm. do to get in the end zone. So, I think that if we go back to that philosophy of getting the running game really churning, keep it going, and use that play action wisely and pick our spots, we can do it because they're going to have to creep up if Tank and them keep running for 100 yards. Yeah, You can't just let them keep doing that. They're going to have to now start honoring that. They haven't had to. They didn't have to last year. They're going to have to honor that. That opens up the top. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the last games of the SEC, uh, and this is just because LSU, Florida, and then the Vandy-Missouri game both got postponed because of COVID um, outbreaks in their teams. Uh, but the last one that happened was uh, number 11, Texas A&M, beat Mississippi State 28-14. Uh, to 14. And uh, I, I think teams are slowly but surely figuring out Mississippi State's uh, offense and uh, slowing that down, um, that air raid offense uh, that Leach has. And it's it's a good, I don't know, something good for Auburn fans to, to note that they're they're not having that extremely potent offense that they put out week one uh, at Mississippi State. Um, the one thing that does worry me is that Texas A&M is building confidence and slowly making their way up. So I'm thinking that's going to be fun at the end of our season to finish out um, playing them because I, I don't know. That, that's just going to be a little scary to uh, – potentially to finish out the rest of the season against Texas A&M, who's now, I think, number seven. Um, how's that going to look at the end of the season? I don't know. But, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see that. Yeah, they're, uh, <laughs> FP, or ESPN still has a 70% to win that game. So kind of kind of amazing. I think we got to make sure the Alabama game doesn't beat us twice if we lose that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, essentially that's, you know, that's a big game and we got one more after and we never have had that. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic. So I think at the end of the, listen, I'm a big proponent of, you know, it, when I went into the Georgia game, I said, Hey, until you show me, you know, Auburn can do it. And then at Georgia against Alabama, everybody's like, Oh, Georgia's going to win. I'm like, until they can show me, mm-hmm. so I'm going to take the same approach with Texas A&M until they show me that they're not going to do what Texas A&M does. I'm going to assume by the end of the year, they're going to be about the same team. Um, that they have been, but it is a little dangerous because they are building some momentum here. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it ends out. Yeah, definitely. And the one thing that I I I've talked about plenty of times is Kellen Mond is one of those very hot and cold quarterbacks. Yep. And one game he could just be hot, the next game throwing two, three interceptions. Correct. And you just don't know what to expect. So that's that's going to be the. Uh, see what he's like when uh when we end up playing him at the end of the season all right jared any other final thoughts about Ole miss and uh being the rebel black bear land shark uh whatever you want to call him no i just i just love to go in and have a stress-free game for a while um so you know let's just go in and you know we're talented enough let's just go in and take care of business 
Uh, nothing against Ole Miss, but if we take care of our business, we are a more talented team. So let's go in, get a good quality, solid win, build some momentum off that, and carry that into you know the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely down for that. I mean, if we can get this win, we'll be three and two, and uh, looking uh, a little bit brighter going into the rest of our season, the second half of our season. I mean, Jared, we're almost halfway through the season, and it's. It, it's already taken a toll on me, I feel like, <laughs> with uh, <laughs> what we've seen so far. Um, so I hope you're right. I hope we have a stress-free game. That, that would be a nice relief. It would be a nice relief. Uh, Jared, before we get out of here, uh, where can the people find you? Yep, just find me on Facebook and on Instagram under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?